Welcome to the week 15 edition of the Fantasy Football Brothers podcast. My name is Blake, and I'm here with my younger brother, Carson. And let's just get this right out of the way. I missed the playoffs, okay? So I'm sad. just going to say it. That is I, so sad. I, I missed the playoffs by point .3, correct? Point .3 points? I, I think point .2. I think point .2. Point two to tie. I think there would have been some yes, uh, true. some conditions to meet in order for me to break the tie. But yeah, point three points is what I needed uh, that I was just shy of and didn't make the playoffs. It's been a minute since I missed the playoffs, so don't get too used to it, Carson. But uh, <laughs> I uh, you made the last... playoffs. Yeah, I missed it last season for the first time in a while, but I, I uh, obtained the first seed on this last week. I was the uh, third seed for a lot of the time, but I got the first seed. Um, so yeah, things have been going better for me. I'm on a six-game win streak, and uh, I think Blake is on a six-game or five-game lose streak. So uh, uh, I, I, my team, we start some people like Pittman, get, for yeah. example, started doing well for me. Um, it, it hasn't been like a bunch of good things going my way. It's just it's been fine. And then for Blake, I mean, he's got lo- losing players left and right. Calvin Ridley, Derrick Henry, those are the biggest ones. And then you've done trades. Um, some have yeah, panned out, uh, some haven't, but whatever. Michael Thomas decided not to play this year. I mean, there's yeah, been a variety of things that, risk, that haven't panned out. Again, yes, that didn't well, pan out for you. Yeah, either way, um, let's 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 jump right into the into this week's football because people are listening for their own teams, not to hear about us talk about ours. So let's get right into it. Thursday night football, Chiefs Chargers. All right, so I want to start with uh, the obvious. Uh, elephant in the room and that's Patrick Mahomes so he's coming off a game where he scored just over 20 fantasy points uh, two passing touchdowns 20 yards rushing (sighs) here's what I'm thinking with him all right so way 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 back in week three before this podcast even started uh, Patrick Mahomes played the LA Chargers who is their opponent this week Uh, in that game he got uh, just over 20 fantasy points, three passing touchdowns, two turnovers, and 45 yards rushing. So let me ask you this. With how Mahomes has been struggling back and forth, you know, he's been up and down the season. Yeah. How how confident are you against this opponent? Um, I mean, statistically, the Chargers are much easier to rush against than pass against. But it's a divisional matchup. Uh, the Chiefs, you know, kind of have turned it around a bit and are in a good spot to potentially secure the first seed in the AFC if they just keep on playing well. It's a divisional matchup, so they need to get these wins to secure winning the division. I do think that he's going to show up in this matchup, although uh, the the days of him being drafted in like the third round are far gone, and I think they always should be because, as we talked about before, you'll find quarterbacks later on that will give you uh, a lot of value and might average like a point or two less than Mahomes or whoever the premier quarterback is, but it's still worthwhile. I, I do think, though, that he's going to be all right. I don't think he's not going to show up in a divisional matchup in, late in the season where they need to secure their playoff spot. Okay. So I think I think we can, we can agree that he's not a lineup lock. Like, he's not a set it and forget it, just, you know. Yeah. I think there is, I think there are some options out there that you may be considering. It's difficult, though, because it's the first round of the playoffs. But I'm going to give you a name game, and the way that this works is I'm going to say a 
name, a different backup quarterback in the league that you may have or may be available on waivers, and you're just going to say that player's name or Patrick Mahomes versus who you like the best. Oh, God. You ready? Okay, yeah. Okay, first off, I think this is the one that's the most relevant for a lot of people. Taysom Hill at Tampa Bay. Uh do I just need to say the name, or do I can't explain myself? Yeah. No, no, no. Let's do. Let's do like uh, first impressions, quick, quick responses. I think Patrick. Okay, Kirk Cousins at Chicago Monday night. Kirk. Joe Burrow at Denver. Patrick. <laughs> Carson Wentz versus New England. Patrick. Derek Carr at Cleveland. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going Patrick for. Yeah, I'm going Patrick probably for the rest of these, honestly, but you keep going. Yeah, I mean, I think the the one that's probably most enticing after Kirk Cousins and Taysom Hill, Kirk Cousins should be rostered in, in your leagues by now, yeah. but if he isn't, uh, he's a good option, according to Carson, and I kind of like that, too. Um, the last one I'll say, Tua Tungavailoa versus the Jets. Uh, actually, yeah. Oh, God. I, that'd be so bold, but that's a great matchup that we'll talk about later. I... I I wouldn't fault you if you put Tua. That's that okay. is true. That is crazy though. Okay. So I mean, but right, this is the idea that this is Patrick Mahomes who was you know arguably taken first or second overall at the position, um, and we're talking about guys like Kirk Cousins and, yeah. and Tua Tungavailoa replacing him in the first week of the playoffs. So it is something to note. Um, like you said, the Chiefs uh, or that the the. Chargers, rather, are a tough pass defense, but uh, this offense runs through Mahomes, so it's kind of yeah. hard not to see him getting involved. Who who in that list would you pick over Mahomes? Um, I think I would go with... I'd probably go with Taysom Hill. He's just been yeah. too consistent in, in his, uh, you know, granted his limited number of starts, but like 17.5 fantasy points in every start uh, yeah. so far in his career. I, I would just be nervous in divisional matchup against the Buccaneers. But. I get that, but but New Orleans has owned Tampa Bay since Brady got there, yeah. in regular we'll season at least. Um, I would not go Kirk Cousins. I'd I'd stick with Mahomes, uh, and probably anyone else on this list. I think you're. I think you're. I'm going to stick with Mahomes for most of these. So, yeah. but the fact we're talking about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and we've spent a good amount of time talking about the Chiefs. Let's move on to the Chargers. Yeah. So. Kansas City's defense, man, they've been looking like they're ready for a playoffs push. Am I right? Yeah, they, they have. It's what was uh, letting them to do nothing in the first half of the season because uh, the Chiefs' offense wasn't doing phenomenal and the defense wasn't helping them, so they weren't winning games yeah. that they should have been. They've certainly turned things around. They've allowed nine points or fewer in five of their last games. Wow. Uh you know, like I said, way back in week three, the Chargers put up 30 on them, but that was when Kansas City's defense was kind of struggling. So I think they're kind of figuring things out. They're in a rhythm. Uh, they're playing strong defense. That being said, we do need to mention, because we talked about a pre-show, uh, the Chiefs are going to be without a few defensive pieces. Um, Chris Jones and other uh, players in the secondary, just due to illness and a variety of different reasons, but... Uh, it's not going to be the it's not going to be the Chiefs defense that you saw last week. There are going to be some missing pieces, so that is important to note. Uh, Brandon Staley expects to have Keenan Allen back in the lineup. 
barring any setbacks. Uh, he has been activated off the COVID list, so he should be all clear there. Uh, Austin Eckler, he's going to be a game-time decision for Thursday Night Football. Now, the good thing about this is that it's Thursday night. The bad thing about this is that it's Thursday night, meaning he's not going to have extra time to get well. It, you know, the game is today as of listening to this podcast. So it's uh, the good thing is that you will be able to pivot you won't have to wait uh, in, you know, if it's like a Monday night, you'd have to risk uh, rolling the dice on him being healthy in a game time decision scenario. So you do have that, but obviously a major loss if you are without Austin Eckler this week. Yeah, I will say, don't get cute. If he's active, you're going to start him. I mean, just imagine if you had Cook last week and decided to get cute and you see how that happened for Dalvin Cook. So first be the playoffs. If Eckler's active, you got to just trust that he's actually active and will have a, uh, enough of a workload to be startable. Yeah, in the event uh, that Eckler is unavailable, is there a running back in this uh, backfield that you feel comfortable starting? I don't think there's like a de facto guy. I mean, don't they kind of bounce around between Justin Jackson and Joshua Kelly. I mean, I don't think there's, like, a clear one between them two. Yeah, even, uh, against, yeah. even Roundtree, the rookie, I think. I think yeah, he's a rookie. I would look elsewhere. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, not to say, I mean, the Chiefs have been playing really good defense, so it, it does, you know, it does kind of make sense that you wouldn't necessarily be confident starting one of those backup guys. Probably better off looking elsewhere if Eckler's unavailable. Um... What's your confidence level in Mike Williams, who last week without the main guy, Keenan Allen, being there, he got you six catches for 61 yards, 12.1 fantasy points. Uh, I'm not very confident in him. I feel like you got to have safer options. And although he could boom on your bench and that would suck in playoffs, I don't think you can afford to let him just do like low single digits. Uh, I, he didn't boom without Keenan. And like you were saying, this Chiefs defense, although missing some players, they're looking good, so I wouldn't assume that he'd just return what he did against them in Week 3 because I think he did have a really good week that week. Yeah, I would argue that it depends on your situation. You know, if you're if you're yep. the low seed in your matchup and you need to kind of make up points somewhere against a, uh, a more talented opponent based on, uh, you know, how their team has performed you know they, they got to the first seed for a reason so if you just made it if you just squeaked into the playoffs and you need some upside at mike williams you know I, I think he could definitely do well for you um and as we saw back last time they played mike williams did have a good day um but that was a while ago so yeah. let's move on to saturday football unless you have something to add no i think i agree i think if you feel like you're the underdog he'd be a good play but if not um, I wouldn't risk it. Okay, fair enough. All right, so first matchup on Saturday, Raiders against the Browns. Ah, the Raiders, man. <laughs> they got absolutely blown out by Kansas City back yeah, last week. Five turnovers, four fumbles, and, a, and one interception. Uh, they put up nine points, but the star of the show was Hunter Renfro. 13 yeah. catches. 117 receiving yards, one touchdown, finished with 28.7 fantasy points. He's got double-digit targets in back-to-back -back weeks. Where do you expect Renfro's ADP to be next season? Um, I still think that he's going to get overlooked. I mean, I always bring up Deontay Johnson. He's that reception monster that, you know, booms when he gets the touchdown, just like Renfro did in this game. And... Maybe next season, Deontay Johnson will be valued like a low-end QB, or QB, low-end wide receiver one, but 
this year, he was my third wide receiver off the draft board. So I expect Hunter Renthrow to not be any higher than that. And I think that he is a solid wide receiver too. That's, I still think is going to be overlooked and that he could, you could probably get him as your third wide receiver. And I'd be very happy to have him as that. So he's currently position ranked 12. Um, just to put that in perspective, Hunter Renfro is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be taken inside the top uh, 15 at wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, As he maybe should. Top 20. Yeah, but he no, he definitely belongs there. Um, he's just been fantastic in in this offense that really hasn't had a lot of uh, bright spots this season. Uh, also on that note, uh, Darren Waller with a knee injury did not practice on Wednesday. Oh, that's a, that's a player that a lot of people could really use, uh, in their fantasy playoffs and Derek Carr could use them, their weapon in the passing game because I mean, Renfro is getting it done, but, uh, in terms of that, like NFL offense, they, they need more than just him to, to get some, uh, points on the board. Yeah, he's talented, but there's certainly a reason that he's getting 13 receptions, and it's because of just lack of other options, really. Yeah, maybe so. Um, On to the Browns. Kareem Hunt, with his ankle injury, he is considered week-to-week. Head coach Kevin Stefanski said Hunt is unlikely to make it this week. So uh, I'm kind of bearing the lead. Uh, They're going to be without their quarterback, most likely. Baker Mayfield. Uh, tested positive for COVID, and addition to, in addition to that, Jarvis Landry and Austin Hooper also uh, tested positive. So, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, last week he got five catches for 90 yards. Is he worthy of a waiver pickup, rostered in 9.1% of leagues? I think he could be rostered in leagues where you feel like your last wide receiver will never see your lineup. I don't think Peoples-Jones would see your lineup this week necessarily just because this is like his first week that he hasn't just been like, I don't know, two receptions for 80 yards and a touchdown. He actually got a handful of receptions and still a high reception, uh, receiving yard total. But uh, I would, if you feel like your your last wide receiver is never going to see your team, take a shot on Peoples-Jones and see if he has another week like that. And then maybe you could feel more comfortable starting him next week. I wouldn't this week, though, personally, especially without Baker Mayfield and all the stuff that the Browns are going to be without. Yeah, I think that's fair, and maybe maybe he is a uh, more of a DFS uh, look yeah. than a than a uh, fantasy option. But uh, something to note, something worth uh, noting. All right, let's talk about Patriots at the Colts for Saturday Night Football. So right off the bat, the Colts play in a dome. No weather concerns this week. <laughs> so we're gonna see we're gonna see the Patriots offense uh, at full tempo. Uh, compared to what we saw last Monday night, um, or two Monday nights, technically. Uh, Indianapolis ranks middle of the road in all defensive categories, so you're not really, you know, it's not really a plus or a minus for any of their skilled players. Uh, It is important to note that Damian Harris, with his hamstring injury, uh, was a limited practice participant on Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, If he misses, Ramondre Stevenson could see another big workload, and... I mean, outside of that, I think Jacoby Myers is probably still the top option, or, or do you like Kendrick Bourne more? I was wanting to ask you the question, as as the Patriots fan, I picked up Kendrick Bourne last night off the waivers. I, I do, I'm seeking your advice between Myers and Bourne as a better flex pit play. Currently, I have Bourne, but uh, what are you thinking on that? 
Well, I think you I think you have to lean Bourne just based on the touchdown upside. Um, yeah. I'm, and the I'm past five weeks, there. the past five weeks, the receptions are not that different. I think Bourne might actually have more. And then he's also getting the touchdowns. Yeah. So I've got Bourne pulled up right now. He's got, this is, we're ignoring week 13. Uh, week nine, three catches, four catches, four catches, five catches. So, and then kind of mid, mid to high 50 or above in receiving yards. Uh, and he has three touchdowns in those, in those four games. So, that's that's good for upside purposes. Um, yeah, I, I think it's got to be born um, just based on that alone. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then let's talk about the Colts. Uh, right off the bat, I mean, we talked about it going into the into the Bills game with the Patriots. Lower expectations for Carson Wentz and the pass catchers because New England has one of the best defenses in the league. Uh, since week seven, New England has allowed one team to score over 13 points, and that was the that was the LA Chargers in week eight. Wow. New England ranks first in points allowed per game, third in passing yards allowed per game, and total yards allowed per game. The question on everyone's mind is going to be, can they slow down Jonathan Taylor? Because they're not going to shut him down. I mean, listen, no. I give all I give all due respect and all credit to Bill Belichick about. Uh, isolating an opposing team's star player and game planning around uh, keeping them uh, hamstring, just like you know, preventing them from doing really well. But Jonathan Taylor is on a is on a tear. He has rushed for over a hundred yards seven times this season, including four of his last five games. So, you know, in terms of the uh, the other aspects of the offense with the pass catchers, like I, I would be worried about Michael Pittman, and I know that you roster him. So, are you? Are you? What? Are you, what are your expectations for him? Uh, I can't bench him. That's how I feel with him. Uh, yeah, again, it's not a great matchup, but I feel like I feel like he'll do well enough, considering he's top of the depth chart for wide receivers. Uh, and unless they pull a Week 13 Patriots, they have to pass the ball. So. It's got to go to him, I would think. I do think... I yeah, don't know. It'll be interesting. A, this will be a, a good test for the Patriots' defense. And I'm There is a rumor. I Well, I definitely I definitely don't agree with that. Um, I, I, the, I think the challenge is going to be slowing down Jonathan Taylor. But um, outside of that, I'm not really too concerned by the pass catchers on this offense. Uh, there's a rumor going around that J.C. Jackson may be shadowing uh, Pittman, which is uh, worse news for you. Just a, just a heads up there. But, <laughs> but can I bench him? No, I can't bench him. It depends on your situation. I, you certainly, like I said, you got to lower expectations, and I think that's where, uh, that's where we can move on with that. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor will be a, a big test for this defense, and it'll be interesting to see um, what they can do against him. Yeah. Um, all right, let's talk about Sunday matchups. Tennessee Titans against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, Pittsburgh ranks 30th in rushing yards allowed per game. You like that for the backfield. And 27th in total yards allowed. So, Dante Foreman, 13 carries for 47 yards and a touchdown. Two catches for 15 yards. Got you 14.2 fantasy points. This is a good matchup, and I think Foreman is... Flex worthy. I don't. I mean, I don't think he's an RB two, but I think you can flex him with uh, some pretty good confidence in this matchup. 
I, I agree. I feel pretty good about him. I'm starting him. Uh, this the Steelers rush defense looks almost like the worst in the league in the past two weeks. I mean, week thirteen, they made Devonta Freeman look like he was in his prime. He's had a few good games recently, but he looked really good in that game. And then they allowed Dalvin Cook to have two hundred plus rushing yards. So. I don't expect Foreman to do that, but I think there'll be enough for him to have a good day. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, in terms of pass catchers, I don't think there's anyone that you can start on this roster uh, until until AJ Brown comes back next week. Uh, Jeff Swaim and Anthony Ferkser led the team in receiving yards last week, and you may that be thinking, enough. "Oh, well, <laughs> well, you may be thinking, oh, maybe Julio was out. No, he played." <laughs> he got four catches for 33 yards. So uh, you can't, I don't think you can start him when he can't get over 10 against the uh, against the Jaguars. Yeah, I mean, they didn't really need to pass. Uh, they they seemed to be in control that entire game. And their first drive, I think, Foreman scored. So they are, had an early lead. But again, I agree. You can't expect him to just like do better than that, even in a matchup that... I mean, you can't get a better matchup. You can maybe get a no. better game script, but... No, I don't trust it. Yeah, it's it's just it's it's not his year, and uh, I don't know. I, I think he's going to fall in drafts next year considerably after yeah. what he's done this year. Agreed. Uh, all right, let's talk about the other side of the matchup. The Steelers, uh, Tennessee ranks twenty second in passing yards allowed per game and second in rushing yards allowed per game. So that kind of scares you for Najee Harris, although. We have seen him be heavily involved in the passing game. Uh, take, for instance, the Cincinnati game where he had uh, 14 catches. So we have seen that uh, Pittsburgh can rely on him not only on the ground, but also through the air. So I think lower expectations for Najee from a runner's perspective, but if they decide to get him involved in dump-offs, I think he's going to do just fine. Yeah. And then uh, lastly, uh, you're starting Deontay Johnson. You're starting Chase Claypool. I, I think at this point there's not going to be any disciplinary action taken against him uh, based on his behavior on and off the field the last few weeks. But um, I, I don't think there's really anyone besides those two guys that you feel good about starting. I mean, uh, wh where do you stand on Fryermuth right now? I think he only had two receptions. One of them was a touchdown, but... No, I don't think he can be super confident. I think that Chase Claypool got like three receptions on the last drive, which helped his day. But again, you, I think he had eight receptions. You can't just like hedge your bets and say no and not start him. So yeah, I agree that you're worth starting him. And then, yeah, you already know what I think about Deontay. So uh, yeah, right. I agree. <laughs> okay. Um, that means he likes him. Yes. All right, so let's let's talk about Panthers Bills. This should be a uh, this should be kind of a defensive matchup, I think. Uh, Buffalo ranks first in total yards allowed, second in passing yards allowed, and third in points allowed. So, man, if Cam Newton's the starter, last week we saw he did less than 200 passing yards, no passing touchdowns. Uh, but he did have 10 rushes for 47 yards and a touchdown. Also had a fumble. He got you 13.82 fancy points. Uh, Cam, you know, remember remember when he when he started and he said to the camera, "I'm back, I'm back." Yeah. I don't think so. Uh, Cam Cam needs to prove himself before you can confidently start him. Maybe especially he just against meant such a tough maybe he matchup. just meant Patriots Cam. <laughs> 
Very much so, because that's who he's been looking like. He's got a rushing touchdown in four straight games. Uh, his it's just like a, yeah, like you said, when he was at New England, his passing game le- his passing game leaves a lot to be desired. Uh, Chuba Hubbard, zero targets last week. He got ten rushes for thirty three yards and a touchdown. I mean the with Cam as the quarterback and how he is as a quarterback, it really limits Hubbard's upside in PPR formats. I, I don't feel comfortable starting him uh, this week against the Bills. Yeah, and this is unique because when Hubbard had the backfield kind of to himself when McCaffrey was out early in the season, Newton wasn't there. So I agree. Just watching highlights and see Newton run it in for like 15 yards or whatever, and it's like, oh, yeah, that could have been Hubbard points, but they're all going to be taken away. So, yeah, you can't be confident in him, and then the matchup isn't good either, but... Yeah, and it totally makes sense that Cam continues to get rushing touchdowns because, I mean, he, he's a very physically imposing guy. Yeah. So on the goal line, uh, what, are you going to give it to the guy that's like uh, half a foot shorter than him almost? Or are you going to give it to the guy that's 6'5", 240, and like, you know, he's going to make a play because he always has in his career. Yeah, I think uh, Hubbard's got very limited upside uh, as long as Newton is there, and especially in this matchup. Uh, on a different note, we finally saw a Robbie Anderson uh, game. Seven catches, 84 yards, and a touchdown. He got you 21.4 fantasy points last week. Season highs in catches, targets, and yards. Uh, and then it is important to note, DJ Moore was a limited practice participant with a hamstring injury on Wednesday. So let's go both scenarios. If, if DJ Moore misses, how do you rank Robbie Anderson? And then if DJ Moore plays, how do you rank Robbie? I think if DJ Moore misses, I think you can play Anderson if you don't have better options. If, if DJ you're Moore, desperate. Yeah, basically. If DJ Moore is playing uh, in, in the fantasy playoffs, I mean, we see plenty of wide receivers have games like this and then have one reception the next game. So DJ Moore's playing, I don't trust it in this matchup where extremely hard to pass against the Bills and Robbie Anderson could just disappear, uh, especially if Moore is there, if they just end up forcing it to Moore uh, because they're not having a lot of success, and that's all they can do. So, no, I wouldn't trust Anderson if Moore was there. But if he's not, I mean, they got to throw to somebody, but I still wouldn't feel great about it. <laughs> yeah, until Cam calls his own number and just, you know, scrambles. So, yeah, I agree with that. It's a tough matchup, and y- you need to see it more from Robbie before you can trust him, I think especially in the playoffs. All right, let's talk about Bills. Carolina ranks first in passing yards allowed per game, second in total yards allowed, and eighth in points allowed. Uh, Josh Allen pretty much put the entire Bills franchise on his back last (laughs) week. Uh, 54 pass attempts, 308 passing yards, two touchdowns, one interception, and then 12 carries for 109 yards and another touchdown. He was spotted in a walking boot after the Week 14 loss. Uh, Monitor his availability. He was a limited practice participant on Wednesday. And uh, Mitchell Trubisky is the backup. So it really really changes the outlook of this team if uh, Mitch Trubisky is leading the way. But... Uh, let's go off the assumption that Allen is playing. Emmanuel Sanders has a knee sprain; he will likely miss this week. Um, so I'm going to ask you: uh, you're not really you're not really worried about Stephon Diggs. He's going to find a way. 
Yeah. Um, and Cole Beasley has been uh, better as of late. Uh, but who I want to ask you about is Gabriel Davis, rostered in 2.5% of leagues. He got five catches for 43 yards and a touchdown, eight targets in week 14, a touchdown in back-to-back weeks. Is he worthy of a waiver pick? Not really, in my opinion. Um, I mean, you know how I value wide receivers. Like we talked about Donovan Peoples-Jones earlier. I feel like he has a little bit more value because he had a good game, five receptions, 90 yards. Gabriel Davis, not a bad game, obviously. He had 15.3 points, but back-to-back weeks where the touchdown is the only reason he has double-digit points, so I wouldn't be super confident. I think that there's too many mouths to feed in this offense and that he's just completely touchdown-dependent, and you can't depend on that uh, with wanting to start him or... Uh, again, like like I've always said, if you just have someone that you, you're not very active on the waiver, so your last wide receiver just is a bum, then sure. But uh, I think in most instances, I wouldn't feel super confident yet. Yeah, maybe someone to uh, to add and stash in case you need him moving forward. Yeah, potentially. All right, let's talk about a division matchup. Washington against the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Philadelphia ranks middle of the road in all defensive categories, so, you know, no, no upgrades, no downgrades. Uh, Taylor Heineke left early with a knee injury in week 14. The MRI did not reveal anything significant. He is expected to start, so you like that uh, for this offense. Something you don't like for this offense, Terry McLaurin is in the concussion protocol. So we're going to be monitoring his, his status. Uh, are there any pass catchers that interest you if McLaurin misses? I mean, not really. Ricky Souls Jones didn't have a good week this past week with Logan Thomas being out, but we've seen him have success uh, prior in the season. Logan Thomas has been out, but I mean, I know they've like Curtis Samuel, but I don't even know if he's injured. He's been injured on and off all the <laughs> he's time. Been, yeah, he's been he's been really like they have not ha- found a way to integrate him in this offense. Um, no, I don't. But think I he will. Could be. I couldn't even name another guy with confidence that I'm getting their name right as far as pass catchers on this team. So. Yeah, the guy last week that had a pretty big game uh, was Cam Sims, and he got placed on the COVID list earlier. Okay. So, so no, <laughs> uh, he's he's likely not available. But uh, I'm gonna go back on what you said with Ricky Seals Jones. I think if you need a tight end this week, you know maybe you're down Darren Waller again or uh, Austin Hooper if that's the case. But uh, those are kind of two that just came off the top of head, top of my head. But um, well, I guess well either way, um, the Eagles ranked last against tight ends so if uh if McLaurin misses especially I kind of feel like Seals Jones could could eat this yeah. week so even if even if McLaurin plays I still feel good about uh rolling out Seals Jones this week because the Eagles have just proven all season long that tight ends can can get points on them I agree all right uh on the Eagles side the Washington football team ranks 30th in passing yards allowed. That would be great if the Eagles had a throwing quarterback. Um, 23rd in points allowed and 5th in rushing yards allowed. Jalen Hurts, like I alluded, uh, under 200 passing yards in 5 straight games. Double-digit rushes in 5 of his last 7 games. 55-plus rushing yards in 6 straight games. And here's the here's the most important thing. He split first team reps with Minshew in practice. He's not fully healthy. Yeah, I mean, you know how much I like Jalen Hurts. So, and that's not very this time. 
Uh, I don't like him very much at all. I'd almost feel more confident in Minshew in this matchup because they're much easier to pass against than run against. Um, yeah, I don't think you can... I mean, you'll go on to talk about more players. I, I don't think you can confidently start anyone on this roster, especially if Hurts is having injury issues. I mean, he's a hard one to bench just because of that rushing floor, but no, I don't feel confident with any of these guys. Yeah, I would say that if Hurts plays... Um you're probably not going to want any of his pass catchers just because they haven't been... I mean, Jalen Hurts is kind of a independent, uh, an independently viable fantasy option in this offense. He kind of just does um, his own thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I agree with you there. Um, on the on the note of the pass catchers, like Devonta Smith, uh, he's a single-digit scorer in back-to-back games, two catches in back-to-back games. Uh, so you don't like that. And then Dallas Goddard, he is uh, a single-digit scorer in three of his last five games. Uh, important to note that when Minshew got the start, that was Dallas Goddard's uh, season high, where he had two receiving touchdowns, over 100 receiving yards. He was heavily relied on, uh, one of Minshew's uh, safety valves. But, yeah, we'll, we'll need to monitor that injury status heading into the weekend. Uh, and then in terms of running backs, it's a tough matchup. I would avoid all of them if, if possible because uh, Jordan Howard recently returned to practice. So just another uh, running back in the mix. It's uh, not a desirable scenario there. Not at all. Definition of a committee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's talk about a, a real stinker of a matchup here. Texans against the Jaguars. All right, let's start with Brandon Cooks. Uh, 11 targets, 8 catches for 101 yards. He got you 18.1 fantasy points. This was the first time he got 10 or more targets since week 9, so you like to see that. Uh, On the other side of the receiving game, Nico Collins, 5 catches for 69 yards. He got you 11.9 fantasy points, 10 targets for Seattle last week, rostered in 1.2% of leagues. Is he worth a waiver pickup? No. I mean, we 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 can't even see Brandon <laughs> Cooks. Uh, you're crapping on Brandon. all my waiver guys. I, I'm just saying, like, I mean, you're, we're kind of grasping at straws. It's week 15. I mean, I I applaud you for finding these sneaky pickups, but Brandon Cooks being the sole option in this offense, where game script should always be in his favor, sometimes has games where he does nothing. So, no, I can't be confident in anyone else just yet. I understand, I I understand. No, I get it, I get it. Um, And these are definitely, like, deep league uh, considerations, because... Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, it all depends on your league, your lineup. Um, Some of these people might be worth rostering and giving them a shot, but I'm just saying in a general sense, I don't trust it. Okay, That's, that's completely fair. We are talking about unproven assets. I mean, they would be rostered more if they were. Yes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Let's talk about the Jaguars, who have a lot of proven assets that aren't being utilized correctly. Uh, you'd like to be able to trust the likes of James Robinson, Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault. Uh, but Urban Meyer is just, uh, he's just uh, running. He's, yeah, he's running things his way, and it's not going well. Uh, Jacksonville may have a better record than Detroit, but I would argue that this is the most dysfunctional, dysfunctional team in the NFL right now. Yeah, 100%. And I hear like that the owner is leaning towards keeping Meyer for another season. I can't imagine. Apparently, 
he's just denying all the reports of a plethora of things that have happened. I read something today that Josh Lambeau, the kicker that used to be on their team, claimed that Urban Meyer kicked him during a practice one time and just would say stuff like, how are you not making these kicks? Just just stupid stuff for like a, a coach that should be a lot more composed than acting like a, a toddler. I, I don't like him at all. I hate him, actually. I'll go that far. <laughs> Mismanaging his entire yeah. team. Uh, you might want to talk yeah. about this, but like, can, can you even confidently start James Robinson with how dysfunctional this team is? And that sounds absurd. It does. Um, it's it's not a it's not a good situation. You don't feel good starting James Robinson this week like you should against the Texans defense. Um, you may not have better options. You certainly don't have option a lot of options with more upside than Robinson if he gets the look if he gets the work. Um, but it is a question, and it's not a. Uh, it's not a, an enviable position to be in. Not at all. Yeah, so uh, let's let's move on to Cowboys-Giants. This will be my last game before Carson takes over hosting duties. So, Cowboys. Giants rank 25th in rushing yards allowed and 26th in total yards allowed. So, presumably, if Zeke is healthy and he was a full participant at practice on Wednesday... Uh, should be a good matchup for him. On the other hand, Dak Prescott has been stinky. Back to back disappointing weeks. He's got one game with more than 20 rushing yards, and previously in his career, that was something that you could count on from Dak. Um, I think that ankle injury uh, was that last year? Yeah, I think it was last year. season. Yeah, um, I think that ankle injury has had some uh, psychological side effects. Uh, he just doesn't seem to be running the ball like he used to. And, uh, yeah, the last time that he had a rushing yard or a rushing game of over 20 yards was back in week four against Carolina. Uh, and he didn't get a lot either, 35 in that game. So I will, uh, we can do kind of an abbreviated name game, uh, but it's kind of the same cast of characters. Uh, so Dak Prescott or Taysom Hill? Taysom. Dak Prescott or Kirk Cousins? Kirk. Dak Prescott or Joe Burrow? Joe. <laughs> Dak Prescott or Carson Wentz? I would have to trust Dak in this matchup being much more favorable than Carson Wentz. Okay, this matchup. I, I agree with you there. I agree with you there. Uh, Dak Prescott or Taylor Heineke? I don't think I could bench him for Heineke. I mean, Heineke <laughs> probably has a higher floor right now, but his ceiling is not much higher than that, I feel. Yeah. Uh, all right, last one. Dak Prescott or Tua Tungabailoa versus oh, the Jets? Uh, I mean, we're going to get to Tua later, I guess. But I really do like that matchup. And you can say the same against Dak. But, man, I don't think I could bring myself <laughs> to do that in the playoffs. And I feel the same with Mahomes. Like, I don't think I could actually realistically do that. But if you tell me that Tua scores higher than both of them this week, I wouldn't be appalled. Well, at some point, at some point, like we like we talked about with Saquon, you gotta you gotta forget the player's name yeah. and look at what they've been doing. It is true. It is true, and it's not like two has been on fire, but that is a pretty fire matchup for him. Yeah, I mean, for instance, Dak Prescott in a in a different league where uh, playoffs started sooner, Dak Prescott completely tanked my team. So yeah. Uh, I mean, I totally understand. I've picked up Taysom Hill in that league, and and I don't even think it matters anymore. But yeah, um, yeah. I'm hearing a lot so, of analysts saying that he's he's the only thing really holding them back from being a Super Bowl, uh, from them being a Super Bowl team. 
Um, yeah, he, the defense has certainly picked up. Yeah, yeah I mean, that rookie, Micah Parsons, people are talking about him being defensive rookie of the year. Not not defensive rookie of the year, just defensive player of the year as well. Um, yeah, and, he's been he's been something special for them. That's very uh, cool to see. Yes. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Zeke for a minute. Uh, like we said, full participant at practice, but he is a single-digit scorer in his last two games. Uh, couldn't get over 10 fantasy points at the Washington football team when Pollard was inactive. Uh, also to note that Pollard did not practice on Wednesday. Uh, Zeke got you nine points last week, and he's been a single-digit in the last two. So uh, how are you feeling about him going up against the Giants this week? I like the matchup better. I mean, Washington is becoming a very uh, difficult run defense to go against. I think they were third, at least last week they were. Um, and I think Corey Clement out-carried Zeke in this game, and Zeke was wearing a knee brace. And uh, But Zeke had like 7.4 points or something like that when I checked halfway through the second quarter, so I don't know what happened. I think just the Cowboys' defense allowed them just to win the game right there with all the stuff yeah. they were doing. Um, but, I, no, I, I can't bench Zeke in the favorable matchup where he's, at the very least, is going to get a goal line touchdown, you would hope. And yeah, he's got too much touchdown upside at running back, um, which is kind of hard to find for me to just bench him. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, just important to note that, I mean, you're not really going to have better options on the waivers uh, to replace Zeke in a no. matchup like this. No. Uh, but he has been struggling. Um, on the on the pass catcher's side, C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, these are all starters. Um, I would argue flex for Gallup, but they've all been reliable, solid wide receivers. Uh, Dalton Schultz, on the other hand... I'm so sorry. He's the reason you lost, <laughs> honestly. Uh, well, we don't, let's not get into that, but, uh, <laughs> Dalton Schultz had one catch for four yards. Uh, he's a single digit scorer in five of his last seven games. He's just not getting the receiving volume that we came to expect prior to the week seven bye, And I think that has a lot to do with, uh, Michael Gallup returning. Yeah. You can't trust uh, him he, with, there's too he many was kind of, feed. Yeah. He was kind of filling the void when Gallup was out. And now that he's back, uh, Schultz is as significantly fallen off and i think there are better options at tight end for you uh to find or use yeah i agree uh, all right let's talk about the giants on the other side of this matchup the numbers don't really do it justice but uh dallas ranks 23rd in passing yards allowed total yards allowed and 11th in points allowed so that's that that one i believe um at least as of late so Mike Glennon is expected to remain the starter while Daniel Jones recovers. Uh, Saquon Barkley, 16 carries for 64 yards and three catches for 31 yards and a touchdown. He got you 18 and a half fantasy points. You're happy with that if you started him. It's a season high in rushing yards. That alone, that's that's an interesting statistic. At 64, 64 yards? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, tied his season high in carries at 16. I mean, he's he's a he's a dual threat uh, receiving and running back, so that one doesn't really surprise me too much. I, I think he gets involved in the passing game enough where 16 is not a crazy number uh, for for him. But uh, what's your confidence level in Saquon this week against 
a kind of middle of the road run defense, but a, 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 a in form de- defense nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, I think we were a little bit more negative than on him last week, but it was good to see him get 18.5 points this week. I mean, obviously a touchdown helped with that, but I mean, he got involved in the passing game. He's getting 16 carries. He's just been inefficient. I would. He's at the very least a flex. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's where he belongs, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, a round, round one pick in most fantasy drafts this season. Ugh. Yeah, if not if not like on the turn of the second yeah. round. Yeah. Um yeah, so let's talk about these Giants pass catchers and they're always they're always they, all season long they've been hurt, but uh couple guys that were active last week sterling shepherd and kenny galladay they combined for 42 yards and four catches it's <laughs> <laughs> pretty bad so yeah that's real bad uh kyle rudolph led the team in receiving yards he had 66 and the majority of his yards came on one play 60 yard catch he had uh, two catches on the day uh, assuming all of these guys are healthy we're talking about Kadarius tony and uh Darius Slayton and all these other guys, uh, Evan Ingram. Are there any New York Giants pass catcher that you're willing to start? No. No. Yeah, I think that's the right call, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, especially with Mike Glennon out there. I mean, you feel a little bit better with Daniel Jones, but with Glennon there, I, I just, you know, we just haven't seen it. We just haven't seen it from these guys. I mean, yeah, and all those names, uh, you know, they probably had higher hopes for Kenny Galladay in this offense coming from the Lions, but it turns out all these wide receivers are kind of the same tier, so it's too many mouths to feed, and they're uh, and they're all like... Yeah, nobody's really stepping up. And they're all like flex plays at best, so it's it's yeah. be really difficult to pinpoint who's going to do the best out of all of them, especially if they're all healthy. I think that's completely fair. All right, we can move on to the matchups I'll be talking about. Cardinals-Lions. I wanted the Cardinals to beat the Rams. I just like them more, but I will say, fantasy-wise, this this makes the division more interesting and makes the Cardinals have to keep on uh, going full force and maybe throughout the rest of the season if they want to secure the first seed of uh, the NFC or even just to win their division. Um, Kyler Murray, 32 for 49. He had 383 passing yards, so that's great in comparison to Week 13, but zero passing touchdowns and two interceptions. Uh, seven rushes for 61 yards was good to see, too. Seeing him uh, get a lot of rushing yards keeps his floor up. He didn't have an amazing day, 17.42 fancy points, but obviously you feel great about him against the Lions. Uh, James Conner uh, monitor his injury status. I think he picked up an ankle injury. He had 13 receptions for 31 yards and two touchdowns. It'd be like, oh, okay, so goal line chow hound, but he had rushes. nine receptions. What'd I say? Receptions. Oh, 13 receptions. 13 he rushes. Did. He almost did. Nine receptions. I got ahead of myself. He almost played like a <laughs> wide receiver. Uh, he, had yeah. a, he was all over the place with how they were using him. Did you see his Did you see his one-hand catch yeah, I did. over the middle? And he that had it sweet. in week 13 for a touchdown, too. So yeah. he's got hands. 33.5 fantasy points. Um, but hold your horses because Chase Edmonds did not play in week 14, but he's expected to play this week and monitors injury status. He'd been out with an ankle injury for multiple weeks but this is the thing i want to bring to your attention connor averaged roughly 11.5 fantasy points and a lot of those points were just due to the goal line touchdown rushes in weeks one through eight when edmonds was active but he's averaged 25.84 fantasy points in weeks nine through 14 so i'll just ask you what do you make of this backfield specifically i guess for connor but for the both of them when edmonds comes back 
Uh, well, I'll start with this matchup in particular, and I think that, you know, given what the likely game script will be, I think it's going to be another James Conner day, assuming that he's healthy enough, of course. Yeah. Um, I also think, you know, so Conner was a free agent acquisition in the offseason, and it seemed like they didn't really utilize him much outside of goal line work. I think with the way that he's performed these past weeks, and, and you mentioned it with how he's been averaging, you know, 25-plus fantasy points, I think he's going to be more involved in this offense, even when Edmonds is healthy and back in the game. Uh, it really does come down to game script and how the Cardinals are, you know, either they're controlling the game, and I think it's going to be more Connor. If they're playing catch-up, I think it's going to be more Edmonds. Uh, the reality is that Connor will not be the player that he has been in Edmonds' absence when Edmonds is back, uh, but I think it'll be better than the than the start of the season. I mean, Connor could be a potential. Uh, he could be on a lot of teams that make the playoffs just because of where he was drafted and how he's been performing in the past five weeks. But I mean, we saw, and we'll talk about them later. We saw Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon both get it done against the Lions last week, but it'll be interesting to see uh, how this offense uses both of them. DeAndre yeah, Hopkins. I think Go ahead. Sorry, I was just I was just gonna say I think this is a Connor game even if Edmonds is healthy. I agree. I mean it's it's hard to deny his production. I mean he's looking like 2018 or whatever year it was that he was amazing for the Steelers. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's looking phenomenal. Um, yeah. So DeAndre Hopkins news as of today on Wednesday expected to miss the rest of the regular season with a sprained knee. I guess it's not surprising that they're being uh, cautious with him because there's no doubt that. The Cardinals are making the playoffs. Um, yeah. I mean, mathematically, I guess it's not possible, but there's no doubt they're not going to make the playoffs. But uh, benching Hopkins is probably the smart move to keep him healthy for the playoffs. But Christian Kirk, three receptions for 86 yards. Uh, AJ Green, someone that was on Bruv's bench, unfortunately, seven receptions for 102 yards. Okay. And, you keep taking uh, shots at me. So I do want to ask you, among Christian Kirk, A.J. Green, even Rondell Moore, because he had value in the beginning of the season, and Zach Ertz, who do you feel the most confident in during Hopkins' absence? And I guess you could say multiple, or how do you assess those four, I guess? Uh, well, I would say the ranking is probably, more often than not, Kirk, Green, Ertz, and Rondell Moore. Uh, at number four so I remember in the beginning of the season when we talked about how if you're starting a Cardinals pass catcher you either have to just set it and forget it and live with the consequences or always bench them because you're never going to uh, be able to justify when one of them goes off in any particular matchup so it, we're, we're kind of in that position again, um, and there really wasn't anyone that stepped up in Hopkins' absence earlier this season either. So yeah, I think that yeah, I, I I mean you can you can rank them, but I think that honestly it's it's anyone's guess uh, who gets the work week to week. So it's not an ideal scenario. Yeah, I mean, even a Hopkins was becoming touchdown dependent, uh, so that just shows how many miles are a feed. He wasn't even like uh, reliable on a week-to-week basis, like he has been historically. Yeah, he got he got he was heavily targeted uh, against the Rams, which was good to see. But yeah. now he's gone for the rest of the fantasy playoffs. 
Yeah, and it's interesting, though, because, I mean, you will say you go based off earlier this season when Hopkins was out, but when Hopkins was out, Kyler was out. So it's kind of a different scenario, too, so it'll be interesting to see what they do. But uh, it's a good matchup if you are wanting to start one of them and you're confident enough in that, which I would say would be hard to do. But uh, Lions defense ranks 28th in total yards allowed per game and 29th in NFL points allowed per game. So certainly a good matchup, and I expect Cardinals to the Cardinals to bounce back in a game that they, they need to keep on winning to secure their spot, a high spot in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. um, we can move on to the Lions. DeAndre Swift injured. Uh, he didn't play for the past two weeks, I believe. He's been injured since early on in the Thanksgiving matchup. Uh, monitor his injury status with a shoulder injury. He did not practice today as of recording on Wednesday. Um, so I guess you just have to watch that out. Uh, there are rumors that the Lions are shutting him down for the rest of the season. So that would really be unfortunate for people that have Swift. Uh, Jamal Williams. I think, go ahead. Sorry, I just want to say, I think that if they choose to do that, I think it's the right choice uh, for Swift because... Yeah, it doesn't make any uh, what, sense. What are the Lions? If... What are the Lions going to accomplish if Swift is out there? They're going to get more wins and get a worse draft pick next year. Like they, they need yeah. picks, and yeah. and they're they have a they have a reliable talent in DeAndre Swift that get him healthy in the off season, get him back ready for Week One of of twenty twenty two, and and hopefully win some more games. Uh, I think that's what this franchise needs to do. Not that they're consulting me, but I think that's I think that's likely what's going to happen. That's well, I think I they should it. because all the reasons you brought forward, there's no reason for them to risk him making his injury more severe or just picking up any other injuries. Um, doesn't make any sense. He's been the bright light this season for this team, uh, the only real star for this entire season. Uh, Jamal Williams was on the COVID list. I mean, you like his outlook if Swift is out and they shut him down especially because then they kind of just have to lock in and go with Williams, but he hasn't been an amazing replacement in the game. Swift has been out, but certainly worth rostering. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I guess you just have to see what happens with Swift before you assess Williams. But Amon Ross St. Brown, eight receptions for 73 yards. He's got 12 targets in back-to-back -back games. Um, I don't know his roster percentage, but it's certainly below 50%. So uh, St. Brown's a no-brainer add off the waivers, don't you think? Um, I will agree with that. Uh, so he is 16.1% rostered. Yeah, well below 50 right now. Um, yeah, and I, and I asked you this, I think the past two weeks about him so yeah. I've, I've been i've been keeping my eye on him but yeah uh saint brown he seems to be emerging as the the lead pass catcher in this offense and it is important to note tj hawkinson missed uh last week but even still i, I think it's time that you know we're, we're in week fifth we're moving into week 15 it's about time that we figured out that there's a lions pass catcher worth anything on this roster because the game and, uh, script's Saint... always in their favor. I mean, that's why Swift was so such a elite RB1, because he would just get dump-off passes, and now they have a guy that is getting these targets. Yeah, definitely. Um, and maybe maybe it is a response to Swift's absence that, that you know, a pass catcher is getting more looks, but I think, you know, those are kind of different targets uh, usually. So yeah. I am kind of believing in St. Brown emerging in this offense. The trouble is about... I mean, how confident can you feel about starting a, a Lions pass catcher in the fantasy playoffs? 
uh, in the fantasy playoffs, I don't think you can be super confident. Um, yeah, I mean, if he has another yeah, double-digit so target I, game, I, it might be a different story. I'll agree. But... Yeah, I'll agree with you that he's worth adding, like I've mentioned guys earlier in the show, but uh, not necessarily someone that you're rushing to start this week. Yeah, you're not rushing to start him, but there should not be a wide receiver on the waivers with back-to-back double-digit target games, in, in my opinion. Yeah, in in a league where you're in it, I guarantee you that would never happen. Yeah, unfortunately, it was already taken but uh, in our main league. But yeah, TJ Hawkinson, mm-hmm. as Blake mentioned, uh, monitor his injury status with his hand. He did not practice on Wednesday. Um, so yeah, he, he could take away targets from St. Brown. He could also be a valuable tight end play if you need him to be because that's probably what you drafted him as. Um, but not a great matchup. Arizona defense ranks fifth in total yards allowed per game and fourth in NFL points against. And I, I do think that I, I think the Cardinals are going to dominate this game after losing a close one to the Rams. Yeah, I agree with that as well. So we can move on to another matchup we used to say would be a garbage matchup between Jets and Dolphins. But the Dolphins are kind of sneakily getting on a win streak, it seems. But uh, yeah, we'll talk about the Jets. Uh, we'll keep it short because there's not a whole lot to talk about here. Is anyone worth rostering besides Michael Carter and Elijah Moore, who are both on IR, and Michael Carter could come back this week? But outside of those two, is there anyone really worth rostering? Uh, not really. I mean, Jamison Crowder has had uh, moments, but nothing you can reliably count on. Um, and even like Ty Johnson or Tevin Coleman, like those guys aren't really like uh, anything special. So... Yeah, I think, especially given the matchup, I think you fade all Jets uh, offensive players. I don't think you're starting the Jets defense by any chance. So, uh, yeah, I think I think it's just uh, no no Jets on the roster this week. What about Carter if he's activated and expected to be on a full workload? I, I would still be hesitant because of the yeah. matchup. Uh, the Dolphins have been really hot as of late on defense, and... Uh, it is it is the Jets at the end of the day. They don't usually score a lot of points. Yeah, and we also saw Carter have most of his success without Zach Wilson. So, yeah, I mean we <laughs> we make fun of Zach Wilson. I think Wilson the team. I think podcast. the team saw most of their success without Zach Wilson. <laughs> that is true. Uh, I personally picked up Jameson Crowder last week. Uh, I'm keeping on my team just because our waivers are so shallow. You I, I mean you can hope that maybe he has a. <sighs> A good week, but I'm not starting him. I'm not no, yeah. I'm not starting him. Uh, Dolphins, though, they were on bye last week. Uh, Miles Gaskin was placed on the COVID-19 list last Friday. He is vaccinated, though, so he could play. Uh, Gaskin every, has been... Every Dolphins running back is on the COVID list. You know about that, right? Yes, I did see that. Um, okay, so yeah. So be... it's, it's not just... It's, <laughs> it's not just uh, Philip Lindsay. It's not just Gaskin. It's not just... Uh... I'm forgetting. Oh, Salvin Ahmed. Ahmed, yeah. Yeah, Salvin. Yeah. <laughs> Salvin. Simon. Yes. Simon Theodore Salvin. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but um, yeah, that is something to monitor because uh, presumably you like the matchup, but it's about who's available, who's healthy. Um, I don't know. I don't know who is who else is in the mix uh, that could be potentially starting this week. So that's something to monitor. Yeah, just in general, the entire NFL, a few teams specifically are really struggling with people getting 
and testing positive for COVID. So just always be on alert on what's going to happen for uh, those teams and your players. It's been spiking recently. So keep an eye on that because that could change yeah. any day. Tis um, the season. Yeah. It is a good matchup, as you said, but I guess you just have to wait out and see if he's actually going to play. Um, Gaskin's been consistently inconsistent, as we've always talked about, um, but you got to like the matchup. Uh, Jalen Waddle, though, six games with double-digit targets this season, uh, double-digit fantasy points in five straight games, and he even scored 18 fantasy points in Devontae Parker's first game back from injury, and that was kind of a concern with him earlier in the season, not being able to do amazing with Parker being there, but Jalen Waddle has emerged and been arguably the best Outside of Jamar Chase, arguably the best rookie wide receiver, it seems. Yeah, um, season season long, I would I would give the edge to Waddle. I think. Yeah, I mean, he's been more consistent just because he's yeah he's had fewer slumps than uh, than Chase. Yeah, and we'll talk about him later. But Devonte Parker, uh, definitely worth rostering. Averaging eight targets and five receptions on the season. Um, yeah, if he's on your waivers, go pick him up. He's certainly worth rostering and. I'm sure we'll talk about him in the DFS podcast because, once again, he's priced pretty low, and I feel pretty good about Way him. Way too low. Way too yeah, low. Yeah. Mike Gesicki, he had 11 targets in Week 13, um, but do you think his production is going to take a hit as Parker gets reintegrated in this offense? Possibly, but I will say Gesicki is kind of different from most tight ends in the league. They they really use him more like a like a oversized wide receiver. <laughs> yeah. Um, that can block pretty well. So, I, I still like Gasicki. I think that, honestly, they can all be viable, especially with Gasicki being a tight end. I think he kind of, you know, he's his expectations are kind of lowered just by default because of how shallow that position is. Uh, and in the offseason, we'll talk more about why you probably shouldn't play with tight ends or at least be required to use tight ends, but uh, more on that later. Uh, with him in this offense right now, with Parker kind of getting back reintegrated, um, yeah, I, I think you should kind of lower expectations from what you were seeing from him in Parker's absence. But I don't think it'll be as dramatic of a of a plummet like uh, Dalton Schultz, for instance. Yeah, I was about to bring him up if you didn't. That, that is a good comparison. Um, but yeah, I don't expect that to happen for him. And like we said, great matchup. Jets defense was second to last in total yards allowed per game and last in NFL points allowed per game. Um, we can move on to Bengals versus my Broncos. Um, yeah, so Joe Burrow, 25 for 34, 348, two touchdowns. Good for 22.22 fantasy points against a tough loss to the 49ers in overtime last week. Um, but he looked good out there. Joe Mixon, though, 18 carries for 58 yards and two receptions for 10 yards. Only 8.8 fantasy points. That's like three. a that's like a Saquon Barkley stat line. Yeah, it really is. I mean, Mixon has had only three single-digit fantasy scoring games this season. I know he's missed a few games because of injury, but not a ton. But two of those three have been in the past two weeks. So what's up with Mixon? What, what do you think is going on? I think it's a combination of matchups and just being a little bit banged up. Um, you know, it's, it's a longer season. Not that we're uh, at the end of the of the regular season yet but i think it's you know it's it's a long season it's a tough uh stretch of games that they've been on i'm trying to pull up their uh their recent games so let's see here um yeah i mean san francisco that's a tough matchup the chargers 
they were just behind. They got behind so early in that yeah. game that they really couldn't reliably uh, lean on him as much. And he got banged up in that game. That was that was the game that he left uh, with a neck injury. So it's a combination of those things. I don't think you're panicking on him just because of how strong he was performing prior to that Week 13 game. Yeah. Um, but I think that's kind of the explanation for it. Uh, and, and we can we can talk about the pass catchers more, but I think that uh, I, I think he can bounce back. I, although the Broncos' defense is a difficult matchup, I do agree. I think you have to stay trusting Mixon. Um, yeah, I think you just have to. But yeah, we can talk about the pass catchers. Jamar Chase, five receptions for seventy-seven yards and two receiving touchdowns, and one rush for six yards, twenty-five point three fantasy points. Um, I mean, do you just feel like Chase is back? I mean, you weren't really benching him, so it's just good to see him boom again. Yeah, I mean, I, obviously I'd like to see it more than just one time uh, since the stretch of struggling games, but uh, the thing that's positive about it is that he is getting the looks. He's getting red zone looks. He's uh, delivering on those plays. I think he even had one touchdown called back. Yeah, he um, did. Yeah, so... Uh, Burrow likes him clearly. They they were former teammates, and now like back in college, and they're teammates again here. Uh, so I think that they have a a very good relationship. I think that he's probably one of uh, Burrow's favorite targets. Certainly not uh, Tyler Boyd, but uh, yeah, I, I think I think hold your horses on Izzy back completely. Let's see him do it. Uh, if he could do it against the Broncos, I would say yes. Yeah. I agree. Um, T. Higgins, five receptions for 114 yards. Yeah, I feel like he is going to be someone that's kind of uh, looked over for drafts next season, be underrated. Uh, you asked me about Renfro's ADP. I'm not saying Higgins is Renfro, certainly not. But, I mean, where do you think he's going to be drafted next year, and where, where do you think he should be, rather? Um, I think he gets drafted inside the top 25-ish Yeah. at the position. At the, yeah. yeah, like inside wide receiver 25 because, uh, I mean, we've seen it over the past few games. He's, I mean, he's been producing at wide receiver one numbers. So T. Higgins is a very uh, valuable asset in this offense, and I think that he's going to improve. I mean, he's still a young player. Is this like his – I don't want to be completely wrong on that. Yeah, I was, think, I was thinking second or third season, so – um, yeah, I mean, I, I like what, I'm, I, what I've been seeing from Higgins over this past month. I agree. Um, I think if in drafts you go running back heavy, and like we said, probably in the summer we'll talk about some draft strategies, but if you go running back heavy, I'd love Higgins to probably be my wide receiver three if he keeps up this streak uh, through the end of the season. Uh, but tough matchup this week against Denver. They rank seventh in total yards allowed per game and second in NFL points allowed per game. And speaking of the Broncos, Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon both had 20-plus fantasy points. I'll read their stats because it's really good. Uh, 15 rushes and 73 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown for Javante Williams. And he also had a 10-yard receiving touchdown. And then Melvin Gordon, 24 rushes for 111 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns. Uh, maybe this is not that I think I'm a huge fan, but is this a little bit too much of fandom coming out of me? Do you think this is the best running back duo in the league? Uh, I think you should maybe remember who they played last week. No, uh, no, they they played they played the Patriots, right? Not definitely not the Lions. They played the Lions. <laughs> um, 
So, we've seen a lot of teams bully the Lions uh, with their running backs. I will concede that the Broncos have a very talented uh, young rookie in Javante Williams and a very, uh, I mean, Melvin Gordon, you know, just a few seasons ago, he was an absolute stud on the Chargers. So uh, there's no denying that, you know, these are two talented running backs. I think there's debate around uh, the best running back due in the league, but uh, you're happy with you're happy with your roster currently, and, and that's all that really matters. Yeah, and just a transition off of that, they have a lot of decent pass catchers, but fantasy wise, can you trust any of them? A lot of decent pass catchers on the salary. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, can you trust any of them? Not I mean, really. I, I dropped Cortland Sutton for Kendrick Bourne last night. Yeah, I, and I don't blame you. We talked about if uh, if Sutton couldn't get more than, you said, 10 fantasy points, and he did not get that. No, I think um, he had two receptions for, like, nine yards, something like that. He, yeah, something not good, something not worth rostering. So nope. um, I think, you know, that not every game is going to be a running clinic by Denver. Um so there will be games where I think Jerry Judy gets more involved. Uh, this may be this very well may be one of them. Uh, the Bengals are certainly a high-powered offense, uh, but it comes down to if Denver's defense is going to carry like uh, like they have a few times throughout the season. Yeah, and throughout their recent history as well. And like you said, uh, I, I mean, this defense also matches up to where they might need to pass more. I mean. They rank 29th in passing yards allowed per game, so very low, but 4th in rushing yards allowed per game, so very high. So it'll be interesting to see yeah, what they that, do. That really surprises me that they're that low in uh, in passing yards yeah. allowed. But... Yeah, that is surprising. But we can so. move on to <laughs> yes. Falcons 49ers. Let's do uh, it. Yeah, Cordero Patterson, 16 rushes for 58 yards and a touchdown, 2 receptions for 1 yard. Um, Patterson has had six games this season with five or more receptions, but he's had fewer than five receptions in his past four games, so the way they're using him has kind of changed throughout the season. Um, but Mike Davis, someone that we were saying you must drop in, a, he's probably been dropped in a lot of leagues, probably on the waiver is not saying go after him necessarily, but he's quietly had back-to-back double-digit fantasy scoring games with a nine receptions in those past two games. Um, so I'll ask you, are you worried about the way they're using Patterson and for his volume for fantasy purposes? No, not really. Um, I think that this Falcons offense is just kind of a mess all around. Yeah. Um, earlier in the season, you were, you were thrilled with how Patterson was performing. I think that, that, uh, he's kind of coming back down to earth a little bit. And, and, you know, we, we talked about expecting that at some point in the season that he wasn't going to be able to sustain the amount of volume and like and fantasy volume that he's been getting earlier in the season. Uh, in terms of Mike Davis, he's rostered in about fifty-one percent of uh, percent of leagues. So, uh, someone to consider, I suppose, uh, if he is available in your league. But what it really comes down to is like Mike Davis doesn't have a lot of value, in my opinion, without scoring touchdowns, and he's not really put in put very often yeah. in a position to score touchdowns. So, I agree. I still kind of feel the same way about Mike Davis as we did earlier in the year. Um, uh, the question was about Patterson's volume. I think that, you know, uh, it's just this offense. It's kind of a mess. Yeah. 
That is true. I mean, the th- reason, if you asked me before the season started if we'd be talking about Patterson like this at all, I'd be like, Patterson? What do you mean, yeah. Patterson? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, they definitely have been using their offensive weapons in unconventional ways. Uh, Russell Gage, four receptions for 64 yards. Kyle Pitts, five receptions for 61 yards. So, here's an interesting statistic. Uh, since Ridley's absence, so I think that's since week eight, Gage has averaged roughly 10.5 fantasy points, whereas Pitts has averaged roughly 7.5 fantasy points. And that includes two zero reception games for Gage, and he's still averaging three more points than uh, Pitts is in that stretch of time. Uh, so I guess I'll ask, because we've talked about Pitts a lot before, like I don't know why he's not getting more looks in Ridley's absence, but I mean, the tight ends are consistently starting over Pitts. I guess just add on to this list if you got anyone else. Kittle, Mark Andrews, Kelsey, Gronk. Uh, who else is you think is a lock over Pitts? Um, a lock. I mean, that's kind of a difficult question because you've already named all of the really, truly valuable tight ends in the league. Yeah, and that um, shows you how shallow it is once again. I don't. There's yeah. not a lock probably after those four. <laughs> No, yeah, I would argue that after that it gets kind of uh, chalky. Like, you kind of got to yeah. play matchups and and things. But Kyle Pitts, from where he was drafted, and, uh, like, in real NFL, and in addition to fantasy leagues, like, he should be doing a lot more than he has been. And it comes down to just this offense. Like, it's not good, and, and they're really missing Ridley's absence. Yes, they are, for sure. And uh, this... Uh, 49ers defense is strong pass defense. They rank sixth and sixth in passing yards allowed per game, uh, and eighth in total yards allowed per game. So, um, yeah, you don't feel like this is an amazing matchup for your Falcons players. But we can move on to the 49ers. Elijah Mitchell, who was injured last week, um, did not practice on Wednesday. He's dealing with a concussion and a knee injury. Um, I assume, it, well, actually, I don't know. It could have been both of them that held him out. I, I don't know the severity. Uh, of those two in comparison with each other, but he's dealing with two things, so that's not great. Um, so yeah. keep an eye on him, though, More because things, he's, been, yeah. he's been a very reliable option. Um, Debo, though, <laughs> one reception for 22 yards and eight rushes for 37 yards and a touchdown. 12.9 fantasy points. I, he's one of the strangest players in the NFL with how uh, his team chooses to use him, um, but I mean, it's because Eliza Mitchell <laughs> well, was out. Yeah, it's really only because their running back situation is so unclear. But, uh, yeah, Debo, I mean, really what what this does is it, it lowers his value because, I mean, like you said, one catch for 22 yards is is not good in PPR formats. So, no. like, r- regardless of the rushing upside, which, I mean, there really isn't that much. He's getting single-digit carries. Uh this is bad. This is bad for people who manage Debo Samuel. Uh, if the, if the 49ers continue to use him in this way, uh, so I think you're going to have to lower expectations for him uh, as long as Mitchell remains hurt and the running back uh, position is uh, unfilled by one player. <laughs> it's just so funny. I mean, someone who emerged as a fantasy wide receiver one. Uh, tier and we're talking about rushing upside it's so funny um but it's because their their pass catchers are showing up finally their other pass catchers brandon Ayuk, six receptions for 62 yards and a touchdown uh and then george kittle 
13 receptions for 151 receiving yards and a touchdown, 34.1 fantasy points. I read that, I think this is true, I, I read this, I don't know when it was tweeted on Sunday, but Kittle is leading the league in receiving yards and receiving touchdowns in the past two games. It's 300 plus and three receiving touchdowns. Um, he's emerged as the best tight end I'd say you play this week and probably the rest of the season barring any injury setbacks and he is dealing with a knee injury did not practice today so keep an eye on that but he's he's certainly performing very strongly um I think we're I think we're forgetting what Travis Kelsey is capable of a little bit um but but I get it I mean uh, recency bias is strong right now we were talking about how George Kittle was not the player you drafted earlier on the season, and now he's now he's beginning to look more like his like himself. So uh, it could go either way, but it, regardless, you're happy if you have Kittle right now. Yeah, for sure. And with how Kittle's been playing, I, I'll ask you: Is there enough to go around on a consistent basis for, uh, I guess, Ayuk and Debo? Uh, that is game script dependent, uh, yeah. because. We all we know that the the main focus of the 49ers offense is running the ball. We've talked about how they've had games with 40 plus rushing attempts. So uh, in games like that, it's going to be very limited. It's not there's not going to be hardly enough to go around for one pass catcher, let let alone all three of these guys. Um, but that's what it comes down to in this matchup against the Falcons. Uh, it depends on if Mitchell's available. If he's not, uh, you could certainly see. Uh, a little bit more passing usage, but I think they're going to be able to run on Atlanta uh, regardless of who's there. I agree. I mean, the Falcons defense ranks 25th in total yards allowed per game and 28th in NFL points allowed per game. So, And this is a running offense, so I think they could do pretty much anything they want against them and probably get away with it. Yeah, so we can move on to divisional matchup Seahawks versus Rams. Uh Russell Wilson had a good game, 17 for 28, 260 passing yards and two touchdowns. Um, I mean, but here, here's the main thing we really need to talk about. Rashad Penny, I mean, who would have thought? 16 rushes for 137 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns, good for 26.8 fantasy points, whereas Alex Collins had seven rushes for 16 yards, extremely inefficient. I heard this week that, I mean, Penny's been riddled with injuries his entire NFL career, um, but uh, I, I heard that he was drafted before Nick Chubb in the NFL draft, yeah. so obviously That's he great. has he has the potential, and he has, uh, he has all the skills necessary to succeed, it's just been injuries plaguing his career so far, so I mean, I think he was picked, he was probably picked up in a lot of leagues off the waivers but you do need to keep in mind this was against the texans last week i think they were going that matchup last in wrestling yards allowed per game but how do you feel about penny rest of season um yeah how do you think what's his outlook uh it's tricky because of how russell wilson has been playing lately um so obviously you know you like you like how he played for the most part against the texans but like you said it was the texans um, I'm going to pull up the, their season, their rest of season uh, schedule and kind of just break down game by game. So uh, at the Rams, uh, we saw what uh, James Conner did. I'm not arguing that uh, Penny is as good as James Conner in this offense, but I think that that could be a difficult matchup. 
Uh, you like Detroit in week 17, and then Chicago in week 16. That's kind of middle of the road, I would say. So the, the, what it really comes down to, and, and it kind of goes back to our last matchup uh, preview, but uh, just game script. You know, uh, if Russell Wilson is struggling, it's it's very unlikely that they're going to be relying on a, a run-heavy approach. So if Wilson can get right and uh, stay consistent, then Penny has an opportunity to kind of fill in uh, a very valuable role, um, someone that we you know usually see from Chris Carson. So uh, I, I think that there's opportunity for him and, and, and some good matchups in the future. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we don't see a unrostered running back boom too much, so we definitely need to add him if he hasn't already been added off your waivers. Um, but yeah, I guess we can move on. DK Metcalf, four receptions, 43 yards. Uh, he's not proving himself in Russell Wilson's return. Uh, and it's crazy. We talk about this. It's it's tough because it's the big name player. You have to focus on the stats, not the name. But you might have to bench DK Metcalf in your fantasy playoffs. Uh, I would argue you do. Yeah. Um, Metcalf has been a single-digit scorer in four of the last five. Uh, he had 11 points against San Francisco in Week 13. So, I mean, he hasn't scored a touchdown since Jacksonville the in Week 8 before their bye. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's it's not good. Um, I'm I'm just kind of coming up with these stats on the fly. But I mean, the thing that you like is he has had eight targets in four of those last five games, but he's not he's not doing anything with them. Uh, yardage totals: 26, 31, 13, 60 in uh, at San Francisco, and then 43 at Houston. Uh, we talked about we talked about if these guys couldn't get it done against Houston, that you really need to consider. Uh, pivoting off of them and and Tyler Lockett had a great game he had five catches for 142 yards and a touchdown he's been an absolute stud uh over these past few games Metcalf has been a bum and I mean it, you, you can't you can't just look at the name and be like but it's DK Metcalf at, at some point this guy's not producing you gotta let him prove himself before you uh cast him out there just based on name yeah, I agree. It's also very interesting. Lockett almost had 20 more fantasy points with one more catch. Um, yeah. But but that's the problem. I mean, Russell Wilson... 100 more yards people. with one yeah. more catch. How about that? Russell Wilson... I mean, last season when Metcalf was doing amazing and was a wide receiver one, he was having set lines like that, like Lockett. And then Lockett was also having games like that. But Russell, Russell Wilson is not being efficient enough and just having a ton of passing yards to be able to support both of them. They're not the type of players that get a bunch of receptions. They're they're really boom guys, and Russell Wilson has been able to support them both, but he can't anymore. And it's Metcalf that's taking, uh, is getting the short end of the stick I, on that scenario. I would, I would argue it's not that Russell Wilson can't anymore, it's that he hasn't. Well, yeah, okay, yeah. Not saying that's definitive, but um, yeah, hasn't. I agree. Uh, and then it's not a great matchup. The Rams are looking to continue uh, their momentum and potentially win the division. And they're just a really strong defense as well. And they, they beat the Cardinals without Jalen Ramsey last week, I believe. So, yep, yeah, yep. Not, not a great matchup. Uh, but we can move on to the Rams. Matthew Stafford had a great day, 23 for 30, 287 passing yards and three touchdowns. Uh, and the Seahawks defense ranks last in passing yards allowed per game. Um, I think he's a really good play this week. 
and I think he's going to continue the momentum. Uh, Daryl Henderson was out with COVID. A lot of these Rams players, uh, this Rams team is having a lot of issues with COVID. Uh, Sony Michelle, 20 rushes for 7.9 fantasy points. Uh, I don't know if you really want to get into this. He was the last player on Blake's lineup that didn't get him the no, win. No, I... I... I have, uh, over the past couple days since Monday night, uh, I've had time to reflect on my season, and it just it just wasn't my year. I started off hot, and then players started dropping off my team uh, due to injury or otherwise, so it just wasn't my year, and uh, that's pretty much all I have to say about that. I mean, it would have been nice. It would have been nice for Michelle to get one catch on uh, one of Matthew Stafford's 23 completions. But hey, I mean, yeah, just wasn't meant to be. Nope, I guess not. Um, Cooper Cup, though, 30-plus points yet again. Uh, fancy MVP, it seems. Uh, could have been Derrick Henry's, but he got injured. But I think it's clearly Cup now for this season. Odell Beckham Jr., though, six receptions for 77 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, I would argue, just quickly, since I had Henry, um, yes. I would argue that Cup would still be fantasy MVP, regardless of Henry, if he had stayed, be, just be, just based on where you drafted him. Yo, certainly. Yes. I mean, You're he is on pace. That. He's on pace to have the best single season uh, by a wide receiver since Jerry Rice back in 1995. <sighs> Jeez. Yeah. Um and just 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 mentioning Jerry Rice in the in the company of Cooper Cup is absurd. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean that's that's something that uh, even with like even if you factor out uh the extra game in the NFL season now, uh Cooper Cup is on pace to do some incredible uh record-breaking things this year. He certainly is. And if you're factoring in where you drafted him, I mean certainly he's fantasy MVP. I mean, I drafted Woods before Cup was drafted, and I'm sure most peop- most leagues did that too, um, so that's tough to see. But yeah, Odell Beckham seems to be getting back on track. He did test positive for COVID uh, on Tuesday, so monitor that situation. Um, Van Jefferson, two receptions for 58 yards on a touchdown. A Matthew Stafford bomb was his touchdown, and that was great to see. Um, Funnily enough, his dad is the wide receiver coach for the Cardinals, so he got to witness yeah, that play. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> that yeah. is interesting. Um, I mean, you don't like Van Jefferson only having three targets in this game, but he had, I think, nine in both weeks, 13 and 14, so it's hard to bench a wide receiver. You mean 12 and 13, maybe? Yeah. No, 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 13, okay. 14. Oh, yes, you're right. Yeah, sorry. 12, 13. Um, <laughs> it's hard to bench, in my opinion. It's very hard to bench a Rams wide receiver in this, just with how they have been playing recently. Um, and I do expect his targets yeah. to go back up more. Um, also important to note, uh, Tyler Higby was a false positive, so he's uh, good to go this week. Uh, and then, yeah, if Odell Beckham misses, uh, I kind of expect Van Jefferson's receiving numbers to go up from last uh, from last week, just because... We've seen how they've kind of integrated Beckham into the offense. He's sliding into that number two role uh, in a more uh, convincing manner. But again, if Beckham's unavailable, I think Jefferson goes back to that number two role, and and you feel pretty good about him in this matchup especially. Yeah, I agree. Um, Especially since, yeah, Seahawks rank last in total yards allowed per game and fifth. But fifth in NFL points allowed per game. That's really interesting, but... 
Uh, yeah, I think I think I think the Rams. Orange. I think the Rams. I think the Rams take the over on that twenty point two. Uh, I do agree. I do agree. Uh, we can move on to Packers Ravens, which should be an interesting matchup. Aaron Rodgers had a phenomenal day: twenty nine for thirty seven, three forty one passing yards, four passing touchdowns. Uh, just a phenomenal day. Uh, but let's talk about Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Aaron Jones had five <laughs> rushes for 35 yards and a touchdown and three receptions for 30 yards and a touchdown. Whereas AJ Dillon had 15 rushes, 10 more than Jones, 71 rushing yards and zero receptions. Uh, what do you make of this backfield? Uh, I think that, I think the, the thing to take away from this is that if Jones doesn't get those touchdowns, he has a night of, uh, 9.5 fantasy points. So, uh, if that's the case, then you feel like these are kind of the same uh, upside of players, but Dylan got more touches. Yeah. So yeah, honestly, mean, Jones had half the touches that Dylan had, but obviously in PPR receptions are valuable touches. Yeah, and and Jones got two touchdowns. But what I'm saying is AJ Dylan is getting the majority of the touches. Um, you you have to hope that Jones finds finds his way into the end zone at least once to make his day viable. So, man, it's it's a tough position if you roster Aaron Jones. I mean, you're really crossing your fingers and, and stroking your lucky rabbit's foot, so <laughs> you can't feel good about it. Yeah, especially when you drafted him. No, you can't feel great about it at all. It's misleading, for sure, uh, his fantasy point total last week. Devontae Adams, 34.1 fantasy points. Gotta love that. Uh, Alan Lazard, though, six receptions for 75 yards and a touchdown. So I'll ask you, is he worthy of a waiver acquisition, or is he just a product of a great Aaron Rodgers day? I think it's a little of both. Um, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, uh, a limited participant in practice with a back injury. We, we've seen Alan Lazard have these uh, these moments of good games. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you're not doubting Devontae Adams with Aaron Rodgers there. I think if MVS misses... Uh, Lazard is kind of a interesting consideration for this week. Yeah. I mean, the matchup isn't great. Um, just with how Baltimore uh, played uh, Cleveland last week. But yeah. uh, season long, I know it's a good matchup. Baltimore ranks 31st in passing yards allowed. Um, that being said... It's kind of, it's a risky it's a risky move uh, in the playoffs. So I think you can pick him up and and see if he if he produces again. But I wouldn't necessarily start him. I agree. Uh, as Blake said, they do rank thirty first in passing yards allowed per game. But I mean, this is the Ravens' defense. I don't expect just the Packers to be able to throw over them with no uh, no concern at all. Uh, but the Ravens' defense ranks first in rushing yards allowed per game, which could make. The Aaron Jones play even more complicated. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah, if anything, I think it allows for Aaron Jones to get more involved in the passing game, yeah. which we've seen him do. Uh, and maybe I wouldn't at all be surprised to see A.J. Dillon out-carry Jones, but uh, for Jones to make up the difference through receptions. I think that yeah. that's a likely outcome for this matchup. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm always complaining about the Cowboys' backfield, but this might be an even worse one the Packers backfield <laughs> yeah this one is uh definitely up there 
Yeah, all right, we can move on to the Ravens. Lamar Jackson got injured on Sunday with an ankle injury, and he did not practice on Wednesday, so monitor him. Although, uh, Tyler Huntley led an inspiring almost comeback. They got close, but uh, they still lost to the Browns last week. Uh, Devonta Freeman, 13 carries for 64 yards and five receptions for eight yards. Marquise Brown, five receptions for 41 yards. And then this is really what I want to talk about uh, right now, at least. Rashad Bateman, seven receptions for 103 receiving yards, and he almost scored a receiving t touchdown. He was, like, stopped at the one. Um, but what do you do? I mean, in week 13, he had one target and zero receptions. What do you do with Bateman? Yeah, that that, that was a game where Huntley started, so we should mention that. Yeah. Um, but I think, I mean... I think he's kind of a low-end flex, honestly. Um, Bateman has had moments of consistency uh, earlier in the season, especially after their bye week. But, uh, I mean, ultimately it does come down to Jackson's availability. And, I mean, we've seen Marquise Brown struggle over yeah. the past few games. Yeah. So you can't feel better about Bateman than Brown. Um, no. So I think he's a low end flex. I think there are. Uh, I think he's a risky, a risky flex. Yeah, and then we'll wrap up the Ravens with Mark Andrews. Eleven receptions for 115 yards and a touchdown. He's now the number one position rate tight end. So I'll ask you. We've talked about this a bit with Kelsey, but are the days of Kelsey being the undisputed tight end one over, or am I overreacting? <laughs> I think you're overreacting. Um, Kelsey. I still do not having... like the strategy. I mean, okay, it's different in leagues that have tight ends, but I do not like the strategy of taking Kelsey at the turn of round one, um, especially if you're not being required to start tight ends. I agree with that. Um, but for a standard league that requires tight ends, I think Kelsey is a viable first-round pick, uh, especially in the later half of that, of that uh, you know, after you get past the first few work workhorse running backs. Uh, I'll say this. Kelsey is not playing up to his standard this season, and I think that has a lot to do with Mahomes' struggles. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I mean, I would guess. So Mark Andrews has four single-digit games. How many do you think Kelsey has while I look it up? He just had one last week, so there's one. Probably about the same. I don't know. Kelsey has one, two, three, four. The same number of single-digit games. So, I mean, if if you take away, or if you even cut in half Mark Andrews' 40-point game, yeah. I, I think that Kelsey still has the edge. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I mean, I think Kelsey's still the guy. I, I, like, I like his quarterback better uh, from a passing perspective. Uh, I'm not worried about, I'm not panicking on Kelsey. He's just, you know, he's a He's still the tight end two right now. Yeah, I, I think there's true. still plenty of time for him to take back position rank one also. Yeah. All right. And the Packers, defensively, they're top 10 in every metric, so they're a strong defense. So you don't feel amazing about any of these Ravens players necessarily. Yeah, I think the Packers I think the Packers are kind of a sneaky team to, to make a push in the playoffs this year. Yeah, I mean, I think they, I think they currently are just based off, like, tie-breaking uh, rules. They are the NFC one seed currently, so... Yeah, That's I mean they they broke they broke the Cardinals' undefeated streak earlier this year. Uh, I just I feel like they don't get enough uh, 
enough uh, coverage, but maybe that's just my uh, limited view on things. But Yeah, that is true. Um, move on to the primetime matchup, Saint, Saints-Buccaneers. Uh, Taysom Hill, 15 for 21, 175 rushing yard, or passing yards. <laughs> Whoa. Um, but what he got it done, he got it done on the ground. 11 carries for 73 rushing yards and two touchdowns. One of them was a big rush at the end of the game. 26.3 fantasy points. Uh, and that was against the Jets. So are you still yeah, optimistic? It's a little... It's a little concerning that he was uh, unable to get over two hundred passing yards. <laughs> yeah, the, the well, against the Jets. Yeah, I mean, that's a little concerning. But uh, the end of the day, his his usage with his legs is so high that he's always going to have a solid floor uh, fantasy wise. I I'm not betting against him with the Buccaneers. Uh, I want to see him. I mean, I don't want to see him, but. I'm not going to doubt him until I see him have like a 12 or 10 point fantasy day like because I think I think the way that he uses uh, the way that he rushes and and still has the upside of a quarterback like it's really hard for him to have a, a bad fantasy day. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh the only other player we'll talk about specifically Alvin Kamara 27 carries for 120 rushing yards and a touchdown and four receptions for 25 yards. I mean, he had a dominant performance in his first week back uh, off of injury. I, I mean, we used to always say, I mean, Kamara has been a running back one in fantasy purposes for quite some time, but I mean, he's showing that he's not just a receiving back. He's not just a PPR beast. Like, uh, 27 carries for 120 rushing yards is amazing for a running back, and that he still has that receiving prowess, so... You feel great about Kamara. And then Mark Ingram did not practice on Wednesday. Not that you're really worried about him taking away from Kamara, but um, that's something to note. Um, but not yeah, a... Yeah, I think, the, I think the thing that matters is, like, given the matchup, uh, you feel better about having a player like Alvin Kamara because of his receiving upside. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, because uh, the Buccaneers are easier to pass against, 24th in that metric, but third in rushing yards allowed per game. Um, so Kamara's just going to get it done either way, and that's how I feel about him. So very strong, elite RB1. Uh, we can move on to the Buccaneers. Tom Brady, uh, 31 for 46, 363 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, and even like a 15-yard rush, and he had a QB sneak on the yeah, goal line. Yeah, baby. Uh, you 30.12 fantasy points. Uh, you got anything else to add on your boy? Uh, not a lot. Brady was looking 20 years younger on that run, and it was great to see. Yep. He's always ran like he was 44. I think that's more of the... <laughs> <laughs> that's more of the, the comparison. Um, Leonard Fournette had an amazing day, though. 19 carries for 113 rushing yards and one rushing touchdown, while also having four receptions for 19 yards. I mean, one of those was like a 50-yard rushing touchdown, but you gotta love the way he's getting involved on... Uh, and, every aspect of the offense he did not practice on wednesday so monitor that situation it'll be interesting to see uh, the confidence level in ronald jones if fournette is to be out but uh hopefully fournette yeah, is not especially out in the, have him. yeah it's a tough it's a tough matchup for running back so uh you kind of hope that fournette's available for his passing upside if you if you roster him yeah i mean the saints defense is pretty middle of the road for every metric except for rushing yards live per game where they rank sixth uh, less than 100 rushing yards per game. So they're a strong rush defense. Um, but Mike Evans, 21.1 fantasy points. 
Chris Godwin, 20.5 fantasy points. Gronk didn't have an amazing day, didn't find the end zone, but still got you double digits. I mean, you feel pretty good rolling out all three of those guys uh, every yeah, week. Yeah, it was a good it was a good week for fantasy. It was a good week for DFS, where I had a, a Brady and Evans Godwin double stack, and that that paid off for me. So, yeah, I, I mean, you love the Bucks. Uh, they haven't performed the best historically against the Saints with Tom Brady there. Um, so I'll ask you: Do you think they you think they break that streak and the Bucks take this one at home? Uh, yeah, I feel good about the Buccaneers. I think so too. I think it's really the the limited upside of the Saints' offense outside of Hill and Kamara that yeah. uh, that doesn't really scare you. I don't think they can keep up with the Buccaneers. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Hill and Kamara both have pretty good days, especially Kamara, yeah. just due to the lack of options. But that's kind of the problem as far as the an NFL matchup is concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with that. Yeah, we can move on to the last matchup: Monday Night Football, Vikings Bears divisional matchup. Uh, talked about Kirk Cousins a bit in the news episode. He only had 14 fantasy points. He was 14th for 31, 216 passing yards, two pass touchdowns, two interceptions. I expect him to bounce back a bit. I mean, uh, the Chicago defense week's eighth in passing yards allowed per game, so not uh, not a particularly great matchup, but Kirk Cousins has been really good this season. I mean, I think he had four interceptions before this game, so... He'd been doing very well. Yeah, his, his touchdown to turnover ratio was really good. Um, I agree with you. I think he does have a better game. And I think it's going to be a, a bit more of a competitive game than... I mean, that, that game against the Steelers did end up being kind of competitive, but not really. You know, like the score was kind of misleading. Yeah. Because uh, it was a blowout early. Yeah. So I, I, feel, I feel good about Cousins bouncing back. Probably getting a, you know, 18 to... 18-plus fantasy day, I would say. Yeah, and Dalvin Cook, amazing day. 35.2 fantasy points, 205 rushing yards, and two touchdowns. I mean, he allowed Kirk Cousins to not have an amazing day and the team still to win. He was just doing everything. And uh, I like having him. uh, My matchup in fantasy this week in the playoffs, they don't have anyone Monday, so I like Cook being my last guy. If I need him, I think he can pull through for me. Um, especially since the Bears ranked 24th in rushing yards allowed per game, and he's coming off of that game, so I feel good about that. Just Jefferson. Yeah, you know, go sorry, ahead. I was sorry. just going to say, uh, no, um, that's like the second time that Dalvin Cook's worn that uh, shoulder harness or whatever, you know, the yeah. little device they had him. Uh, should he just always wear that? Because he seems to always go off when he wear, when he wears it. I guess so. Whatever works. I mean, <laughs> it's fine by me. He's just he feels he feels secure. He feels cradled. Like yeah, he just he he plays so well. Um, and it was great to see uh, off a of, you know such a short turnaround off that injury. I know for him to perform the way he did. So when we did the match previews for week fourteen. We literally said Dalvin Cook probably isn't playing, and then look at him. Yeah. So that was a quick turnaround. Uh, but he's got a long rest from Thursday, last Thursday to this Monday, so that's good. Justin mm-hmm. Jefferson, twenty-five or twenty point five fantasy points, proving again that he's a very solid elite wide receiver. One, uh, Adam Thielen monitored his injury status. He didn't play last Thursday due to his ankle injury. Uh, KJ Osborne in Thielen's absence had three receptions for eighty-three yards and a touchdown. Uh, how do you feel about Osborne if Thielen is back? Because I think if Thielen's out, he's another decent option. Sort of. Um, so last week he did have nine targets, which you like. I mean, I think that comes from uh, Thielen's absence, you know, kind of picking up the slack. Uh, the three catches is 
a bit concerning, and uh, the touchdown came on a 62-yard reception. So yeah, it helped. His day, his day's a lot. Yeah, his day's his sat line's a lot different without that one play, uh, and that kind of concerns you a little bit. Uh, if Thielen misses, uh, you may have better options, but if you started him last week, you likely don't. Um, yeah. And with that being said, I think you can I think you can confidently start him again if Thielen misses. If Thielen's back, I would uh, I would avoid starting him. I agree. I agree with that. Uh, we can move on to the Bears. I mean, who really only have David Montgomery as a consistent fantasy option? Ten carries for forty-two yards. But six receptions for 39 really helped him get it done for PPR. He led the team in receptions and targets, so that's definitely interesting. Darnell Mooney, 2.9 points on one reception. Allen Robinson, 3.4 points on two receptions. I guess, I mean, this is just more proof that Montgomery is the only consistent fantasy starter on this offense. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I mean, I think you kind of, I think you buried the lead a little bit with, uh, Justin Fields had a pretty solid day against the, at, at Green Bay. I mean, 224 passing yards, two touchdowns. He did have three turnovers, but, um, that kind of makes you feel good. I mean, the Vikings defense is, uh, it's bad. So honestly, like if you're desperate, I think you could get away with starting Justin Fields. Um, yeah, I mean, I dropped Cam Newton for hit, for Fields. I'm not playing him over Kyler, obviously, but Fields does have a good uh, schedule for the rest of the season. I think it's Vikings, um, then Seahawks, Giants, Giants, Seahawks, and it's, then Vikings it's Minnesota again. Twice. Yeah, yes. yeah. So um, he's a sneaky ad. Yeah. Um, let's see. His roster percentage is 18.1 percent. So. If you are in a deeper league, if you are having uh, difficulties, so maybe that would have been someone I could have mentioned um, in the conversation. Like, would you like him over uh, Dak Prescott this week? Oh, God. <laughs> I kind of just popped that up on you. Yeah. Uh, I would say no. I think his day was aided a lot by uh, one or two. I, I, I don't know. One of them might have been a carry so that didn't add to his totals but one of them was a pass a short pass that ended up being a huge uh receiving touchdown from just a little speedster so i mean that helps his stats a lot <laughs> jakeem grant yeah and then there was another one and i don't know if it was a pass or if it counted as a rush but um they had two touchdowns like that it was interesting so yeah no i couldn't bring myself to do it over Dak, uh, just because uh, we've seen justin field struggle passing it's a good matchup i think he's worth rostering see if he can do it again this week, and then maybe he could be a viable starter going forward over guys that are underperforming. Yeah. Like you said, a very uh, favorable fantasy playoffs match, uh, rest of season schedule. So something yeah. to consider. Um, all right. We have reached the end of our matchup previews. Thank you guys so much for listening. I uh, hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, we will be back on Saturday for news and uh, various updates, as well as DFS preview. So we will speak with you guys again then. Uh, thank you and goodbye. Peace out.